This is Talkin' Mule Deer with your hosts, Steve Belinda and Jody Stemmler. Talkin' Mule Deer takes you on a journey to learn more about the Mule Deer Foundation, Mule Deer and Blacktail Deer Biology and Management, tips and tactics for hunting, conservation issues, and even features some of our corporate and celebrity partners. Now, let's start talking Mule Deer. Hey, this is Jody Stemmler. And I'm Steve Belinda, and welcome back to Talkin' Mule Deer. Yeah, Steve, you know, it's hard to believe this is our 59th episode of Talking Mule Deer, and we are just a hair over exactly two years into doing the Talking Mule Deer podcast. Wow, that's incredible, Jody. From a, a casual conversation that you and I had probably over a cocktail, um, <laughs> probably turned <your> into, cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turned into, you know, here two years later, we're still doing this. Uh, I want to thank the listeners. First yeah, off, absolutely. because they're the ones that, that kept us, you know, uh, gave us the momentum to do this. And it's been fun. It's been a great journey for me. I've learned a lot about a lot of things. You know, I thought I knew quite a bit. But uh, getting to talk to folks uh, about mule deer conservation and wildlife conservation and, um, you know, having you join that conversation has been extremely valuable for me as a, as a biologist. And I think it's helped the Mule Deer Foundation. Absolutely. You know, it's it's interesting reflecting on this. Both of you and I have worked in this world for a long time and know a lot of the folks that we have had on the, the podcast and some of them were new to us, but I learned something every single time, um, whether it was uh, getting to know some of our celebrities that we had on or some of the tips that they could provide or, or, or from our biologists that came on. We had a lot of good, interesting conversations about the work that they're doing that's so important to MDF and mule deer on the ground. Yeah, and I think one of the things that uh, we started out to do is we, we wanted to make this podcast solely about the Mule Deer Foundation, Mule Deer Conservation. There are a lot of podcasts out there in the conservation world where they're, they're, they're very long and they get into a lot of personal stuff. And, you know, although you and I do bring personal anecdotes and experiences into this, um, we do try to stay focused on what you know, we hope our listeners are interested in, which is, you know, the Mule Deer Foundation of Mule Deer Conservation. And we also wanted to make it shorter in length, you know, that sitcom length, 22 to 30 minutes, because we wanted folks to get something out of it very quickly and then, you know, have the opportunity to uh, listen to another episode or go on about their day without having to listen to two hours of uh, dialogue between our guests and us to, to, to pull out a few nuggets of information. That's right. And, and, you know, those are, those other podcasts are outstanding. I, I enjoy them. I listen to them when I'm out, when I'm running or doing a lot of other stuff, but, but we were trying, we were trying to just hit a slightly different direction here. And that was, um, you know, the shorter length, more tight conversations that uh, were, were relevant to Mule Deer Foundation and our listeners. And that is what we've tried to keep with. And sometimes we go a little bit longer than that, but, uh, but I think it's been a pretty effective way of, of holding the podcast. But we're looking at this now, like I said, Said we launched our first podcast that was uh, with Miles way back when talking about the very first State of Mule Deer Foundation, which launched on April 23rd of 2018. So like I said, now that we're at towards the end of May here in 2020, that's almost, it's a little over two years. Um, and, and we have gotten 58 other episodes in and a pretty good mix of what we were trying to accomplish, which was a mix of Mule Deer Foundation um, organizational overviews and projects and talking about what's going on in our states, as well as the celebrities, uh, the partners, our ambassadors, uh, and others that Mule Deer Foundation works with. And then obviously the, the biologists. So we, we've, we've tried to keep that mix and I think we've got a pretty good balance of that. But we're also now starting to look forward because um, like you said, this started off as a 
well, neither of us have ever done this before. And, and, and I don't know if you remember, but our very first time trying to do a recording was, was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my mic that? wasn't on and we were in a quiet room and, you know, we, we ended up having to splice a bunch of takes together to get that recording. And, you know, it's surprisingly, um, that one today is still getting downloaded. Episode one is still getting downloaded. And, you know, Miles is always a, we bring him in as a guest on many of our podcasts because he is the president and CEO of the Mule Foundation, but he also likes to talk and he's just a wealth of knowledge. And so, Absolutely. you know, when you think back that here two years later on a podcast that was pretty clunky with two amateur podcasters doing it, you know, people are still interested enough to download that. I think that speaks for itself for the people's interest in, you know, learning more about the Mule Deer Foundation. One of Absolutely. the things, you know, when we were talking about this and we talked about this, I think, on an episode is, is the lack of or the minority of women that are out there, um, both in wildlife conservation and in, you know, the, the media professional podcasting world. And I, I won't say we're professionals by any means, but one of the things I really wanted to do was to have a, a co-host that was female. And, you know, Jody, you and I have known each other for a long time and we, we, we know how to read off each other in conversations but I'm extremely proud that, you know, we are still one of the few uh, conservation podcasts that, that do feature a, a woman co-host. And so thank you, Jody, for sticking with us. Hey, I, I have fun with it. And I'd like to think I'm not just the token female. Um, and, oh, and no, no, I wasn't. Asked, I didn't mean just... to come off that way. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's been a lot of fun. I actually really enjoy it. And again, as you said, we've worked for, together for 15 years before uh, we started doing this together and so so we we have a lot of experience on a lot of issues together but uh but but we both we, we touch on different aspects of the industry and and conservation policy and so i think that I, I like to think that that helps to add the color to to our interviews of the people that we we get on the show so so jody what, i know we're gonna do a, a top 10 comparison list for our july 4th weekend podcast um but right now, can you tell me which podcasts are most memorable to you of the 58 we've done? Well, yeah. So so what we were actually thinking with, with this particular episode is um, – Going through what we what we've heard and what we've listened to, and 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 trying to let folks know what's out there to remember, because with 58 episodes that we've already recorded, it can be a little bit difficult to go back and find the ones that uh, that that might be worth revisiting or going out and downloading if this is your first time and you're only just getting involved with the Talking Mule Deer podcast. And with uh, with Memorial Day weekend this weekend, uh, there might be more time in the car or other opportunities to, to do a little bit of binge listening. So Yeah, uh, the so Memorial Day marathon approach to, to the podcast. So Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, well... Since we talk about the women, there's there's a couple that uh, that I, I I really enjoyed on that side. Uh, the the first one was when we did our, our inaugural Women of Mule Deer Foundation podcast, and that was with Julie Moretti, Miles's wife, and uh, Colleen Payne, who is our regional director down in New Mexico. And we got the Sarahs, Sarah Lauder and Sarah Wright, talking about uh, what they do in Utah with the women of Utah. Um, and it, uh, they have an annual banquet, and we talk about uh, the changes in women in hunting and women's engagement in conservation work through 
the the women of Mule Deer Foundation, which really kind of was, I don't want to say it was a trendsetter, but there's there's increasing. We we've all started to see stories, and I write about this a lot in my freelance writing about more women getting involved. But MDF was one of the early groups that that initiated women in conservation women in um, you know having their own chapter having their own event every year and and having their luncheon at the our annual uh, Western hunting and conservation Expo so so that was a lot of fun um, and this past year we got to talk to Kelly Poole and Kirsty Pike who are two MDF board members we have two women on our board and they're fantastic and they're all, they're also very very amusing so but my personal favorite of the women's side, uh, I will say, and this is just because it was so personal, was when we did the uh, Wyoming Women's Antelope Hunt uh, <laughs> when I was there in Wyoming uh, for for that, the 2018. We launched that episode in early, it was the first episode of 2019, in, uh, I think in January or February of that year. And uh, and ironically, my article about that uh, that that hunt my first big game hunt it just ran in the peterson's magazine it's actually in this current issue right now so so that brought a lot of memories to listen to that again and to there, those were some incredible women uh in fact a couple of the people that were on that podcast are mentioned in uh on that that uh in my article on that story so yeah, that was a personal one for me well great and you know recently we just did the the ceo of the national wild turkey federation becky humphreys and Absolutely. you know uh we we've also you know ron spomer and uh chad Shear's wife uh you know we've had yep we've actually had quite a good representation of women on our podcasts. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm glad I wasn't on a couple of those ones you did because I seem to be the butt of a bunch of jokes and some ridicule every <laughs> Steve, time I'm the, surrounded by a bunch of, the of jokes, girls. Even so. if you're on the calls. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, no. a couple of my favorites, you know, when you look at who we've had and the reach that we have, we've had both, la I mean, we've had the current secretary of interior, uh, David Barnhart, and we had the previous secretary of interior, Ryan Zinke. And, you know, yep. being able to sit down with uh, officials of that caliber and folks that can really make a difference in conservation really tells you that, you know, they are interested in mule deer conservation and they do see MDF as a great partner. Um, Absolutely. Well, you know, Zinke's, the Zinke episode was we recorded that just about a half an hour before he signed Secretarial Order 3362, which is now one of our flagstone, flagship, sorry, whatever, keystone. <laughs> Let's mix our metaphors. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but it is one of the Mule Deer Foundation's priority um, focuses right now is the migrations and, and seasonal habitat conservation. That launched, that that podcast launched shortly after that, and, and we spoke to him. Him right before he, he um, remember how order. crazy that was, that was. Um, you know oh my since, goodness that was a fun time <laughs> yeah and since then you know because of secretary order 3362 and the focus on migratory corridors in winter ranges you know there's been 20 plus million dollars uh, sent down the pipe to the field for conservation of those areas of which you know you know the work that i do for the mule deer foundation is writing grants and ensuring conservation and building partnerships We've actually been able to get, you know, over a million dollars of that that go directly towards the states and to, you know, help the the uh, the planning and the implementation and, and ultimately the conservation of those mule deer uh, populations and other wildlife animals, you know, get conserved, which is what we're all about. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that, that, to know that that was launched with, uh, with Zinke signing of that order and then to see how that has grown and developed and, and also how the Mule Deer Foundation has really stepped into the le- one of the leadership roles within the conservation community of, of working on that issue, um, both continuing the policy and, and making sure it goes forward, and then also taking uh, the opportunity to, to get some grants that have helped us to implement projects on the ground or will be helping us to implement projects on the ground. I think it's pretty cool to see that um, and also to see, again, that, that arc from the very beginning when we had Zinke on our podcast. Well, we talk about key officials like the secretaries, but we've also had numerous directors from state fish and wildlife agencies. And I think, you know, those are the, those are the guys and gals that are out there on the front lines of, of mule deer conservation every day, because, you know, uh, the animals are, uh, are owned by the state and they have primacy over wildlife management within their states. And so when we were able to get Bob Broshide when he was with Colorado and, and a Tony Wasley, Tony Wasley yeah. when he was with Nevada. Um, he still is with Nevada. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. I, I just haven't talked to Tony in a while. He's been on my call list yep. for a couple of weeks now. And, um, you know, for those, to, for those people to take time out of their day and sit down with us is great. And, Absolutely. you know, we, we talk to the biologists all the time. Hey, I think Jim Heffelfinger could be a co-host of this when we keep bringing him back. But you know, when you look at fun, when we have him on, well, I call him Dr. Mule Deer. He hates it, but there, I don't think there's anyone more knowledgeable right now about Mule Deer than Jim, you know, to the fact that he and Paul Krausman from retired from the university of Montana are leading the effort to uh, write a new Mule Deer textbook that will be coming out here in a couple of years. Um, you know, a bunch of us with MDF are, are involved in that, but you know, Jim is such a great resource as the leader of the, the Western Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies Mule Deer right. Working Group. He's a prolific writer. He's been published. He's a heck of a hunter. He's a really dang good friend too. So Jim, if you're listening, thank you funny. for all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, we like to have him on board. You know, he uh, the dear he, nut in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, his his one email alias is Servid Nut. So yes. uh, it it is crazy to Not, think uh, about what a small world we live in when you know a hand served <laughs> Not, not to be confused with deer nuts. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think we're losing you, Jody. But um, you know, sorry. Th- those biologists, you know, being a biologist myself, having worked for a couple federal agencies, you know, really being able to participate in the mule deer working group um, in the deer and elk workshops has been one of those things that's really kept me enthused over the years. And, you know, those folks are clamoring at, in each state to help us get the word out, help MDF, help all of our partners do more for mule deer conservation. And, um, you know, you look at how we like to structure a lot of the grants that I go out and get is usually they're, they're in partnership with our state agencies. So, you know, those are really good to me. The other ones that I like, you know, um, Jason Matzinger, uh, you know, Jason's great project. Mule deer is great. You know, he, that, that film and a couple of the other films that we've worked with him on are awesome. They're, they reach they reach people that we can't reach as scientists, but he can reach as uh, I hate to say entertainer, but he's you know he is entertaining, but he's also educating folks. Yeah, absolutely. Know, we, 
uh, of the other some of the other folks that we've had on um that i think i mean i i love listening to jason i just think he's so um so philosophical in his approach to conservation and hunting and and i i respect respect and appreciate that we've also had heartland bow hunter um muley slayer has yeah. been uh, a tremendously popular and one of the things that i think that comes out of that the most in in some of these um, Colorado Buck, uh, Jay Allen Smith, Jana Waller tips, yeah. Jana Waller absolutely the tips that they've picked up over time the 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 things that you know Heartland Bowhunter one of the the parts of their their podcast was talking about what it was like to do their first mule deer hunt in the west after spending most of their times on relative flatland of the midwest and 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 the things that they learned and jay allen smith talked to us about you know what he packs and how he oh packs, that boot conversation um, for, was awesome yeah yeah wasn't it you make sure your boots are in your carry-on bag because if you get to wherever you're going and you don't have your boots you're you are done. So yeah. yeah, so those those were some of those. Jim Zumbo was fantastic. I mean, oh, he's such the, the an thing icon. about his oldest daughter, you know, I live pretty close to yeah. Jim. I see him in and out of airports well before, you know, the COVID-19 shutdown. I would see him quite regularly, you know, and I I've lo I love that area around Cody. And to just hear him, you know, for someone who has been in the business so long to hear that personal story about his daughter came to him and said I'd like to go hunting and, and, and refreshing that relationship later in life. It was, right. well, I mean, it was kind of a, why, why didn't I get to go earlier with you was, was part <laughs> of it too. And I think that's, you know, that's a, that's a lesson for all of us with, with daughters. Um, and, you know, and then that Jim was, Jim, Jim was honest about that, about taking his daughter out for the first time as she was older. Well, and that gets us, you know, we've talked about R3 with Samantha Petter and, and, uh, yeah, that was a fantastic and SSF really and others, like you know, Sam's great. Um, you know, really the, you know, we have to maintain hunting in this country through our efforts. You know, we call it R3, a recruitment, reactivation and retention. But a lot of it is, is just, you know, opening up about why this, you know, conservation business and in, in the, the hunting activity means so much to us. Uh, one of the upcoming well, episodes that we talk when, you know, I mean, remember we talked with uh, uh, Rob Southwick about, you know, you know, what are the human dimensions of what's going on out there? And, well, Rob Southwick, it, it, what, that was more the economic impact. Oh, that's it's, right. Rob was the economic Yeah, launching, Mark coming Duda. up, uh, yeah. our next episode is Mark Duda. We're talking about the human dimensions. What is important about um, hunting? What, what you know, if, if we're going to continue this tradition, the general population who may not hunt needs to understand this, you know, what, why it's important. What's What are the values that we all hold dear? And, you know, and I really do think... COVID-19 has brought this into pretty sharp focus right now. I, my family has uh, has pretty much survived on my daughter, the provider, <laughs> who brought in uh, three animals for us last year. But our freezer is full because of hunting. Uh, it, we, you know, we, we have not had, we've been fortunate that if we were able to get a few things of ribs to work on our Camp Chef pellet grill, which that was another great episode. Oh, yeah, that we had was, yeah. Talk about Camp Chef. That was great. But but we've really enjoyed using that pellet grill this year as a learning curve. That was a new thing for us. But, but you know, we, we haven't really had to go to the store to buy meat. And I think there's a lot of people who are hearing that, that connection, that self-sufficiency, the importance of hunting and, and, and providing your own food for your family is, is resonating now 
more than ever, and it already was, I think, in, in recent years. Well, and right now is an important time because all the all the big game draws are happening in the states right now. So right. when we, when we look at you know the ability to provide that organic, you know self uh, self sustaining meat uh, production, I'm sort of having a tongue tied here. But it, you know, right now is when we're getting excited about that. I often tell people hunting is a year round thing, and they go, "How can you think about it every day?" Well, there's thoughts about where you're going to apply. Then there's thoughts about applying. Then there's the actual application process. Then there's the waiting. There's the thoughts that go through your head when you don't get drawn. Yeah. What's, <laughs> what's the backup plan? You know, in the excitement, you go to any of the message boards right now and you're seeing these, you know, forums about how excited people are about the drawing the chance to get the opportunity to go out and hunt something they've been dreaming of. And of course, once you draw the tag, there's the prep. You know, it may seem like it's a long time between now and hunting season, but in reality, it's a, it's only a couple short months. Um, and then there's the, you know, and so it does go year round. And, and, you know, I love when I get to talk to folks about what they've drawn because it's sort of like a conversation starter. Hey, do you draw your tag? You know, um, which, yeah. you know, we talked to Miles this depending year. On how, <laughs> depending on how they drew, depends on how that conversation is going to go. <laughs> yeah, you know, when Miles was but... in such a good chipper mood the other day, I knew something good had happened. Well, he had drawn his desert bighorn sheep tag for Utah after yes. 25 years of applying. Um, that's, yeah, that's incredible. And I'm looking forward to talking to him after he does that, that hunt. It'll be really interesting since he worked in that unit and did some of the initial, his team as was a young bio, some of the yeah. initial as a young biologist way back when, um, that, that'll be really fun to hear how that hunt goes. I'm really happy for him on that. Yeah. And so. you know, it's, um, f for our listeners, uh, we hope you drew all your tags. We hope that you have plan B's and plan C's. Um, you know, this COVID-19 stuff has really changed the way, uh, we look at what's important to us and, and everyone I've talked to that hunts and fishes that that stayed at the top of the list. So, I think that bodes yeah, well absolutely. for the future. Yep. So I want to just mention a couple of other ones that I particularly enjoyed and remembered. The the, the one was we had two conversations with Butch Whiting from Cryptic um, in, I think it was season two and then recently this year. And, and I, Butch is just such a cool guy and a good friend and, and, uh, you know, Cryptic is a, a, a fascinating company, their story. And I loved being able to tell that story. Uh, of how the they came up with their concept of that cryptic pattern, which is so iconic now. And then the most recent conversation with him was about his Mexico deer hunt, which unfortunately I was not able to be on because I wasn't able to be at Hunt Expo this year. But uh, that that conversation you guys had, I really enjoyed listening to that. And apparently our, our listeners have liked that one as well. Um, but we've also had conversations with the Wyoming Migration Initiative. Yeah. And we've talked about wildlife transportation and the BLM wildlife programs. And I think those, and, and you mentioned talking to the state directors, but we haven't always had to talk to the state directors. We've also talked to the biologists in Utah and Arizona and Wyoming and Idaho um, who give us some overview of the work that they are, are doing, you know, in, in their state for mule deer. Yeah, you know, Wyoming is is near and dear to me. I, I've spent a lot of my adult life there. Um, my wife's from Wyoming, have strong family roots there. You know, being able to talk to Matt Kaufman about things that I worked on when I was a biologist uh, for the BLM in the western half of the state, now that our 
resulting in a whole initiative and a big giant focus on migrations and winter ranges and the importance to get things right and how to go about for mitigation and you know what the technology i mean that was we could have talked to matt for hours and of course yeah. you know the recent one that we did and, and again you weren't on it but but with uh you know ike eastman and yes you know yeah, I, I and i said it on that podcast the reason i love mule deer so much one of the reasons is is because when they were putting out extreme bucks and i was still living in pennsylvania going to college you know i was able to live vicariously or virtually through those videos and really when i came you know to work in wyoming i went to those winter ranges i went to those iconic landscapes and put myself back there you know granted it was in the summertime and it was you know no deer around but it really made me feel like a sense of home and you know the, the eastmans are really have stepped up for generations and it's great to see them continuing to step up for the conservation of big game and mule deer and you know yeah and they've got a new f a film uh, that they're going to be putting out here. I, I'm not sure if they've if the uh, COVID situation has changed their release date or not, but where they are talking about, they have used their historical uh, footage that they have that their dad and their grandfather filmed years ago and, and talking about migrations. They've talked to Mike and Matt Kaufman in that as well. And I think uh, I, I'm looking forward to when that gets done. They actually stepped up to help our Wyoming uh, mule deer chapters just recently. Um, shortly after we aired that episode, they, with Sean Blazjack, who is our uh, regional director there in Wyoming, can't have events, can't have face-to-face, -face, uh, but they co-hosted or MDF hosted a drive-in movie at the American Dream Drive-In Movie Theater in Powell, Wyoming in early May this year so that people could come drive in, watch some of the Eastman's hunting films and support Mule Deer Foundation. And I know the weather wasn't super cooperative, but they had a good turnout and they had a lot of people there. And I saw some pictures from the local newspaper of that event. And, and it was just a great way to cel celebrate Mule Deer and the camaraderie of the hunting community. Yeah, and you know, it, it was a, a real crappy evening and I'm glad they had a good turnout. But you know, you think about, you know, what's the future going to look like if we can't do big events? You know, things like that may become more of a norm. I know my daughter Absolutely. is going down with her friends. One of her friend's fathers has a movie projector and they're watching movies in their cars uh, on the side of the Civic Center because they can't get together as teenagers right now. And I think that's, you know, yeah. we need to think about that stuff. You know, and you, you know, a couple other ones that stick out for me, Jody, you know, getting to talk to Emmett Burroughs. About how M was MDF started, yeah, and you know the ball of energy that Emmett is, and the 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 passion that he still brings today for the conservation mule deer was uh, was great. And then you know talking to some of our partners that actually help fund what we do at MDF, the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation, and their Big Game Migrations Grant Program, and you know their their stuff that they run out of Denver. Um, Johnny Morris at Bass Pro Shop Cabela's. Johnny was a special one for me. Yeah, yeah. you know, Johnny's you've known a Johnny a long time. A long so. time. He's a, a visionary, no doubt. And we had both Johnny and John Paul uh, on our podcast back in, I think that one aired, the, it was the first year, and I can't remember exactly what month it aired, but um, but that was that was so fascinating to talk to him about his 
his history in hunting and fishing and, and how Bass Pro got a start. And then obviously what his vision is and, and how he has translated his success in running Bass Pro Shops and now Bass Pro Shops Cabela's to conservation on the ground through the outdoor fund, um, through his conservation fund, through, um, through other work that they do, you know, through their stores. Right. Well, and, you know, we'd be remiss not to mention a couple of our, uh, both corporate partners, but also board members, CJ Buck, Adam and Brenda Weatherby, you know, those two, you know, have stepped up, you know, CJ, I always think when I listen to the podcasts about CJ, because the dentist drill that's always usually across from us at Expo, um, (laughs) that's right. Yeah. That, that little high pitched whine that you hear in the background is, uh, is not one of us complaining about the other one speaking. It's actually CJ's drill as he, as he signs personally signs finds a, a uh, buck knife or a, a buyer that's there at the Hunt Expo. So yeah, that's that's funny. Well, Jody, yeah, we- CJ, <laughs> CJ's fantastic. And, and we've had some other board members. Um, and, and also, you know, we had Chad Marsha Shear. Chad's a board member. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had uh, Dan Harrison. Yeah, Dan Harrison. Hunting. And, you know, you've got yeah, a great so story again, about Dan taking Sophie hunting, you know, that that. uh yeah. You know, we should probably maybe talk about that sometime, getting, you know, youth hunts more on there. So. Absolutely. That would be a fun one to do. Uh, one other one that we, we have not mentioned that has been extremely popular was Shane Mahoney. Oh, yeah. Uh, when yeah. we had him on, he, that aired on May 20th, this time last year. And that was, uh, that's really neat. And to see, he talked about his wild harvest initiative on that. And I know I've been receiving press releases and information, and that really is growing uh, in, in a lot of, of fantastic information starting to come in about that. And I know, again, in, you know, the, the COVID-19 era, that that data is going to be that much more impressive, I think, and, and important as we go forward. Yeah. And of course, you know, we, we had uh, the, the situation with Jon Snow, where we talked about, you know, what he does for outdoor life field and stream as shooting and hunting editor. And then, um, you know, the hunt that he went on and then the fact that we actually auctioned that rifle off. And that hunt yeah, off that was with, really cool. you know, the following year, you know, I've, I've made some friends. I can tell you, I knew who John was before I started doing this, but after we talked to him, you know, he lives in Bozeman. I live here. I consider John a good friend right now. And, and so that's been a, yeah, John's fantastic. You know, He's a great guy. It, it's it, this, this really has been a journey and evolution, but you know, I think my favorite episode is our friends from the Dakotas. <laughs> Yes, Oli and Sven. Oli and Sven. That was really fun. You know, maybe Oli, Lars finally yeah. got off, got out of the ice. But, you <laughs> got, know, we got out of the ice. I don't know. In, eating the lutefisk. <laughs> yeah. We look forward that to coming that, back that to awesome. talk to the Dakota boys and seeing yeah. what they're up to. You know, I know Marshall Johnson tells me about what they're up to and all. You know, it, uh, <laughs> they just, uh, I think you may have seen, Jody, that uh, North Dakota put out their Western Mule Deer forecast Absolutely. just recently and it looks like deer are doing really good very positive and you know all very the work positive that- and a lot of that goes yeah that's what i was going to say the the work that mdf north dakota through marshall um that some plots of the, the, program the habitat work yep. the donations we get the fence removal from bobcat and all the other companies that step up to help out the landowners the energy companies the state fishing game up there um have been awesome and, and you know they really had to because with you know, the Bach and oil play that hit, 
um, they really, you know, got put in that urgent situation that they had to do something to offset those impacts. But also they found out people really wanted to go out and do this stuff. And so working with landowners yeah. and working with companies and working with volunteers to go out there and do habitat work. And, you know, we're going to have a lot more of that. We're going to be featuring more of that as we move in to uh, the rest of year three and year four and beyond on Talking Mule Deer. And, uh, yeah. you know, some of the changes we're making, let's just jump right into that. We used to front load quite a bit of these recordings because you and I would have been in the same place. We would record five, ten episodes, and then we would air them. And, you know, that worked for you and I to get this started. But it, w- what we found is, is, you know, things can get stale. And so we figured out how to do the phone stuff like we're doing now. And we're going to try to be uh, more relative and more timely with our podcast moving forward. It doesn't mean we're not going to yeah. run one that we, you know, recorded a couple months earlier, but, you know, we really want to stay fresh. Well, and that was, you know, we, we see each other at SHOT Show and Hunt Expo, and that's also where most of our partners are. Uh, so it also gave us a chance to do one-on-one, the face-to-face conversations, which is always, it's always a lot more fun to get to know these folks face-to-face and talk to them there. Um, but I think it was, and actually these are, you know, a repeat guest that we've had on there has been Jeff Crane with the Congressional yeah, Sportsman's yeah. Foundation. And he's fantastic and so knowledgeable uh, based on, you know, his role with the the Hunting and Shooting Sports Conservation Council as the chair of that, as well as obviously running the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. But we would find uh, that, you know, the, the pace of politics, the any we would do have those conversations. And within a week at times, those conversations were already dated because the policy things are moving forward so quickly. And so, so I, I think being able to do some of these on the phone is certainly going to help us to be able to be a little bit more timely. It's a little harder when we can't see each other's face and I can't give you that look that I know <laughs> I can give you and say, shut up. It's <laughs> time to move on. No kidding. But it, you know, it, that is a little bit harder um, and there's some mechanics issues, but I definitely think this is going to give us a chance to hopefully touch on issues and topics uh, in a more timely manner that, that things are coming up. I, and, and, you know, we're seeing that right now with the COVID. Miles is the conversation we did with Miles just a couple of weeks ago about what MDF is doing in the post-COVID world um, to stay afloat when yeah. we can't have The conservation uh, continues. I think that, yep. the, yeah, yeah, the conservation continues. So, so I think that's going to be great moving forward as well. We also uh, are, are going to try to inc- increase listener feedback uh, and, and taking some recommendations from people about what they want to hear. Um, and, and we actually have some thoughts about that, don't we, Steve? Yeah. Um, so we have created an email for you, the listeners, to give us your advice, your thoughts, your recommendations. If it's critiquing, please just critique Jody. But um, <laughs> it's podcast. But do it nicely. <laughs> I have sensitive skin. It's podcast <laughs> at muledeer.org. And we're going to be putting that out there for ideas on episodes, for questions you may want to have us or some of our experts answer, um, for advice uh, on you know, things that are coming up maybe in your area or clarifications. And, you know, if we end up using your, uh, your questions on our future podcast, we're going to send you some swag. 
So we're going to make it, you know, it's sort of going to be like a raffle, but it's not a raffle. It's, you know, you're going to have to participate, give us some information, some feedback in return. You know, we're going to make it worth your while. We'll send you a hat. We'll send you a knife. We'll send you something MDF related. Uh, and hopefully, you know, that will increase our relevancy to what you're doing as a listener, but also to how we conduct this podcast. Um Absolutely. And, and if the email is uh, in the email is the most direct, but we're also, as some of you guys have may have noticed, uh, the, the nice part is we are not all spread so wide and so thin on the work that we do because we're home now. Uh, we've also been able to really amp up and we've got a great uh, new staff person, relatively new. He's been on uh, since the end of 2019, JJ Hinton, who has been taking on MDF's uh, social media role and, and has been a lot more active. So you probably have seen some of these podcasts posted or, uh, or mentioned or promoted on there as well. And, and if that is a better feedback or if you want to respond to any of those uh, announcements as they come out, um, we just we'll, we'll probably it usually takes about a week right between the time we uh, we have a podcast interview and, and it gets posted. So yeah. give us a little bit of time because we might not get your question in right away, but but send it over. Facebook or Instagram or the podcast at muledeer.org email address. Yep, that's podcast at muledeer.org email. Um, the other thing that we're doing, Jody, is, and you've seen this, but we, you know, we had a new logo created. Uh, one of our uh, partners, son is a graphic design artist and, you know, he's, he's still pretty young. We said, well, it's not just a, just any partner. Well, it, it's Jim Heffelfinger's yeah, son, right? Yeah, it's it Jim's <laughs> yeah. son, uh, Wyatt, who uh, is a, is a, a young graphic artist who I think he's still in school. Absolutely. He might be just graduated uh, high school or college, but you know, Jim had mentioned, Hey, you know, I said, Hey, could he do something for us? So we're going to be rolling that out here probably with this episode, um, you know, and then we're going to be using that for some branding and stuff. And, and I think folks are going to like it. Uh, you know, I, I, I like it. I don't know about you, Jody, but I like it, you know, because I asked I think for it. it's a lot of fun. Um, so we're going to see that, you know, we've <laughs> got the, we've idea. got the email podcast at muledeer.org. You know, you can always go to muledeer.org website to figure out what we're doing. Um, you know, this episode's going to be rolled out for, you know, to try to prompt you to get out there and listen over Memorial day weekend to the 58 episodes and well, 59 now uh, to, to, you know, increase your knowledge base and your understanding of what we do at the Mule Deer Foundation and what, you know, what's going on in the Mule Deer conservation world. But it's also a good way to spend time if you're out cutting grass, uh, you're going for a walk, you're driving in a car, you know, um, getting the word out. We, we try to cross promote all of the conservation stuff out there. You know, we, we're sort of, a fit, you know, we've got some love for this one, but, you know, really get more involved. I've said it time and time again, the, the personal actions that you can take to help mule deer, to help wildlife conservation, to help hunting and help, you know, this be a good steward of this land is extremely important to us. And, you know, we hope that we're helping you through this podcast, through the work we do at MDF. And, you know, I'm pretty excited about some of the announcements we've got coming up, some of the work that I've been doing for COVID. Um, you know, we're going to be, you're going to be seeing some announcements about some grants. We've got a position open in Idaho right now to work on migration corridors. And, you know, I think we're going to see as, as states get back into doing business and we get into phase two and phase three of recovery of COVID shutdown, we're going to start seeing more and more 
things happen. And a lot of that's going to be on the groundwork. Our stewardship program is getting ramped back up to get out there doing great things for habitat, for uh, mule deer and wildlife out there. And, you know, I, I, and I'll say this, Jody, because I know uh, being a staffers, compared to a lot of other organizations, it is amazing what the Mule Deer Foundation gets done with the, the small staff that we have. I think we have a staff of 30 or 32 people. Um, most of those are regional directors who are folks in your state, you know, coordinating events, membership, you know, working on uh, with partners in that state. But, you know, what we're able to do when we get out there and uh, with the efforts and, and the commitment from our personnel and our and our uh, partners and consultants like you, Jody, you do tremendous work for the Mule Deer Foundation and your role. Um, it really is a fun place to work. It's a great place to work. And I think we're having a huge impact on uh, mule deer conservation and wildlife conservation. And we're going to be trying to tell that story better every day from here on out. And the Talking Mule Deer podcast is going to be a big part of that. That's right. And I am going to be the clock ticker here because I think we have uh, now exceeded what we typically like to have in our, our sitcom. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> listen, listen to what we're doing. I think we've got a lot of great things coming up. Help us to form uh, the next few years of what Talking Mule Deer is going to look like. Give us some ideas on people you'd like to hear from. Um, I know we're going to be doing stuff on, on you know, deer population, the Wafwa range-wide uh, deer population surveys and, and things like that are going to be coming up. But if you've got ideas of somebody we haven't talked to um, or topics that you need to hear, or if you want to hear more tips and tactics, let us know. Again, podcast at muledeer.org. Um, tell or, your friends about us. Yeah. If you're not already a member, become a member. Help us out. Yeah. You know, um, everybody's struggling. Uh, we hope you're doing well. You're staying healthy. Uh, we hope that you've drawn all your tags and you've got a great fall. Get outside. Um, they say vitamin D may help with all this COVID-19 stuff. So there's no better vitamin D uh, medicine than just getting out and letting the sun hit you on the face. So Jody, thank you for 59 wonderful episodes. Thank you for being a good friend, someone that's willing to tell me uh, sometimes to shut up and to things I may not want to hear. <laughs> with true love. But, you know, it, it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun two years. And hopefully from here on out, we're going to be getting better. I agree. Thank you. It has been a lot of fun. And, and I really enjoy um, having the conversations with you whenever we put these out. So thanks to all of our listeners. And until next time, this is Jody Stemler. And I'm Steve Belinda. And thank you for talking Mule Deer. Thanks for talking Mule Deer with Steve Belinda and Jody Stemler. The Mule Deer Foundation is the only conservation group in North America dedicated to restoring, improving, and protecting mule deer and black-tailed deer and their habitat. MDF is a strong voice for hunters in access, wildlife management, and conservation policy issues. To find out more, visit www.muledeer.org and stay tuned for the next episode of Talkin' Mule Deer.